Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of my podcast, Hannah's Song of the Week. Today we are talking about Surrender, the new album by Maggie Rogers. Welcome back to the show. I know it's been a really hot minute since I've uploaded, but I kind of had this like weird creative block. So I took a break, but then Maggie Rogers kind of dropped her new album and I fell in love with the album so much that I was like, this is going to be a perfect podcast episode. We've already talked about Maggie, but today I want to talk about the album as a whole and kind of give it a review. But we've talked about Maggie on the show here before, so you definitely should be familiar with her and her work. And other than Maggie, some really great new albums have dropped since I've kind of been MIA. Muna, self-titled release album dropped. It's probably going to be my second favorite album of the year. Beyonce's Renaissance dropped. King Princess's Hold On Baby dropped. And so many more. Rolling Stone released an article about Grammy predictions. And kind of everyone that you would suspect to be predicted is Adele, Beyonce, Harry, and so forth. I truly think that it will be hard for Harry to win album of the year this year. I was really gunning for him. I was like, okay, I think he could actually have a shot at like winning this really big category, but it I think it's going to be really hard for him to be not only Adele coming back to music, but Beyonce coming back to music. And when I was reading this Grammy predictions article, they said that Beyonce has actually never won album of the year. And if you'll remember, the last time she was nominated, I believe was for Lemonade. And Adele was also nominated that year. And Adele won over Beyonce and striked a lot of controversy. And it was Adele gave that like famous speech where she was like, Beyonce should have won this. So I bet the Grammys are gonna like right their wrongs and give Beyonce album of the year this year. Don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. The biggest curveball would be giving it to Harry, in my opinion. I love Harry's house and I definitely think it deserves the nominations. With all the other albums that could be nominated, I I don't see it winning. Maybe next year. I truly think Maggie and Muna need to be nominated for album of the year, but I know they won't because they're indie artists and they don't Grammys don't like indie artists. But maybe Muna will get a best new artist nomination for Silk Chiffon. Don't know. I definitely think there should be like an indie music awards because that's, I think, when where I would shine. But I'll keep you all updated. And when the nomination list comes out, we can talk about it some more. Because today we are going to be talking about a full album. So I don't know how long this is going to take, but strap on in. I haven't been listening to individual songs lately. It's everyone's been dropping new albums. Lizzo dropped a new album called Special as well. So I've just been listening to albums upon albums. So I thought it'd be really fun to do an album breakdown on here because I feel like it's been a really long time since we've done a full album. And Surrender is a new album. So this will be kind of different. It'll be brand new. It's fresh to me still. And the other albums that we've talked about have been with me for a long time. This will be fun. So Surrender is the new album by our girl Maggie Rogers. It is actually only her second studio album. It has all that I've been listening to for like the past week. So I wanted to do a deeper dive into some of the songs. And when we get to That's Where I Am, you should be familiar with it from a podcast episode that we already did about it. So I won't go too deep into that song today, but I will give my input on how I feel like it fits with the overall album. 
So since I've already done an episode on Maggie, I don't need to redo her bio, but just as a reminder, she's a singer-songwriter from Maryland, and she got her big break when she played her song Alaska for Pharrell Williams. And after her first studio album was a big hit, Maggie wanted to go back to her roots of musicianship. She kind of felt burnt out. So she decided to go back to school to Harvard Divinity School to study spirituality of music and musical performances and kind of like the space that music can give us. She got a lot of motivation from school to write her second album. And when you listen to this album, it literally feels like you got transported back into the 90s with some of the beats and some of the melodic lines of it. And also during the creation of her album, she attended what were called Joni Jams. And these are jam sessions that were created by the Joni Mitchell, where artists would come together and brainstorm music and songwriting. There's a really famous photo of her, Brandy, Carlisle, Harry Styles, Lucius, and more at a Joni Jam, and this will be important for later. The album, Surrender, was released last Friday, and it was actually co-produced by Maggie Rogers and Kid Harpoon, and this has been one of my most anticipated albums of the year, and it really lived up to the hype in my head. When you have an album in your head for so long and it finally happens, sometimes it's not what you expect, and you can't blame the artist for that. I definitely did that with Harry's house. I thought it was going to be something bigger and not better, but I thought it was going to be something bigger and bolder than what it actually was. But then when I was able to sit with it and listen to it, I was like, okay, I hyped it up too much in my head. But yeah, so the album title Surrender is actually also the title of the thesis that she wrote at Harvard. And overall, the title shows how Maggie is kind of surrendering to the forces around her. And in this album, you can feel like this freedom of just surrendering to what the world has to give her in the music and within the lyrics. An overall review of the album, I would say it's an incredible second album. It almost feels like it could be her fourth or her fifth, but this is really only her second piece of work. The production of it is like the biggest achievement off of the album. Everything has like a 90s pop or even a pop punk feel that makes the album feel really nostalgic, even though it was created in 2022. And if you love indie pop, then you love this album. I genuinely think it's my favorite album of the year. Muna's self-titled album is a close second. Sorry, Harry, but you got beat by the girlies this year. <laughs> I also think vocally Maggie has never sounded better. She blows it out of the water on every song, and I believe she has like a really beautiful belt, and she knows how to use it. So she knows when to bring the belt, and she knows when to keep it at bay, and throughout this album, you can hear that. My only critique of the album is that you can tell that some songs were given just a little bit more love than others, but it's not necessarily a bad thing, and obviously, when you're creating an album, it's almost impossible to create like a perfect song every time. And I think that's something about music that can be fun and exciting is that each song is different. So each song may not live up to the hype or what you wanted it to be, but it can still be a really good song. And I think this album kind of proves that like I said earlier, while I had it kind of like this hype in my head for it, and especially because that's where I am and want want were just amazing singles out of the gate. I kind of like had this hype for the entire album that wasn't true, but these songs can be something special and mean something else. So we're going to break down every song off the album. I'm going to share what the songs mean to me, my favorite parts of the songs. I'm not going to go into full detail like I do on my song episodes, but I did want to share my favorite parts. 
So first song off the album is Overdrive. Now this... I don't want to say cause controversy, but a lot of people thought That's Where I Am was going to be the first song off this album, but we got the track list and it was Overdrive. And obviously we hadn't listened to it yet, but now we have. And the slow start off of this song, I think makes it a perfect album opener. It gives literal golden vibes, like from Fine Line, and it sets up how... Maggie is going to be feeling for the rest of the album as well. She's telling us she is now in overdrive so that by the end of the album, she can tell us how she's slowed down and how she's turned into a different kind of girl. But we'll get to that at the end of the album. This song also musically gives us a vibe that this is going to be a windows down on the highway kind of an album. I absolutely love the guitar and the bridge and the O's. They go oh, 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 like back and forth. I love that kind of action. This song is also when I knew that this was going to be like a very 90s feeling album. Then we transition into That's Where I Am. We've talked about this song at length, but I wanted to reiterate how well it actually fits into the overall feeling of the album. Hell, in That's Where I Am, I talked about how it felt like it was a song straight out of 10 Things I Hate About You. And lo and behold, Maggie starts posting and talking about how this entire album, she was influenced by 90s movies. She even had a movie night at a local theater where she played movies that inspired her to make this album. And one of those movies was 10 Things I Hate About You. I like to be correct, and I was correct when That's Where I Am was first released. And I think it was the perfect first single to put out because it is literally still one of my favorite songs off the album, which is really weird. I think artists are getting better at what they're choosing as singles because lately I have been loving singles off of albums more than like the B tracks and that is odd for me. Normally it's the opposite but that's where I am still in my top five off this album. Great song. Then we get into Want Want. I talked about Want Want I think like briefly on this podcast but it is also in my top five and it will never leave. I think it may may be my favorite like upbeat song off the album. I just love when women like embrace their sexuality and their sensuality and aren't afraid to say what they want. At first, when I listened to the chorus, I thought it was a little cheesy because the words were, if you want, want what you want, want, then you want it. And I was like, that's, I don't know, that sounds really cheesy. But once you learn the lyrics and you start singing them out loud in your car, you're like, no, wait, these are great because they're very simple and repetitive. But when you just really want something, they get that feeling off and it's really fun to scream to. On this song, my favorite instrumental bit is definitely the bass and the chorus, like I said earlier with the lyrics, is the best part of the song. The buildup to the chorus every time is perfect. And the one part of the chorus where all of the instrumentals cut out and it's just the higher part is so good because when the beat comes back in, it's a jam. And if you thought that That's Where I Am was the biggest 90s song off this album, you are wrong because it's actually Want Want. But this album is interesting because Maggie gives us overdrive. She tells us how she's been feeling. She tells us what the mood of the album is going to be. Then we get these two singles back to back that are very upbeat, very fun, and kind of show how she's embracing the things that she wants. And then we get Anywhere With You, which is a very similar vibe to That's Where I Am. It's kind of about this total devotion to someone that you would go anywhere with them to help them. A lot of the lyrics in the song are about like just wanting to be there for someone and to help them through hard times and that you'd go anywhere for them. So it's a very loving song and it could be loving in a romantic way or even in a platonic way. And I really appreciate the songwriting and lyricism 
to this song. However, in the second verse, when the hi-hat comes in and brings in the beat, it is almost perfection and so satisfying. Like this whole time you've been waiting for a beat to drop and you finally got it. My favorite lyrics are, I'd rather hear the wind than some song I'm supposed to know by some fucking bro, because I think that's a mood. I get a lot of bro musicians on TikTok, and I've done a good job now of like saying not interested or blocking them, so where I only get the good music reviewers on TikTok, but I can totally get it. Vocally, this song really starts off as subdued, but then she really rips it when she sings I'll Go Anywhere With You right before the last chorus in the end, and it gives me chills. It's a good part of the song. So we kind of got these big songs, heavy songs. And then for track five, Maggie actually slows it down and she gives us horses. This is my favorite song off the album. The two slow songs are actually my favorite songs off the album. Who knew? (laughs) A girl likes her sad, slow music. What can I say? So this is the first slow song we get on the album. And in my opinion, it is the song with the best lyrics. It is guitar heavy, but it is also heavily produced with a beat and instrumental, so it's not necessarily just Maggie and a guitar. And this is where we go back to the Joni jams, because a thousand percent there was some Brandy Carlisle influence, especially with how it sounds and the fact that it's about horses. I wouldn't say the song is country, but it definitely has those country songwriting influences to it. The chorus is obviously where we get the big meaning of the song, where Maggie says, I see horses running wild, I wish I could feel like that for just a minute. Would you come with me or would you resist? Oh, would you just give in? This is really like the desperation of the song. She wants to feel free. She wants to break away from kind of the norm. And she wants the person that she's with to come with her and to give in. The person that she's probably been singing about for That's Where I Am and Anywhere With You. She's begging them to come with her and to be free like horses. Depending on how you listen to the song, definitely by the bridge, she kind of does this chant of I'm going, I'm going, I'm going away. So I definitely give the vibes that even though this person doesn't come with her, she goes anyway. She surrenders. So yeah, this is definitely my favorite song off the album. Maggie just sounds the best on it. And I love how this song mixes the Phoebe type lyrics of, you know, being very specific, but also mixing it with kind of like this horse metaphor. And the ending of the song, when she goes into the final chorus and she hits that high note, Maggie stated that it only took her one take, meaning she sang that whole part with no breaks in the recording process and didn't have to re-record it. Sometimes you get it on the first try. And to me, that just shows the true talent. And I totally understand that studio songs, you know, you kind of want it to be like the best version of the song, right? So when you're recording, you want to get the best version. But sometimes I feel like that takes out the humanity and the emotions that people feel when they sing live. So it's really cool that Maggie had this one take and you can really feel that one take when she sings it compared to like maybe wanting to do it over and over again so that way it sounds like complete perfection. Sometimes perfection takes away emotion, but horses does not take away that emotion. You feel it in the song completely. 
After Horses, we kind of get back to more upbeat vibe, but this is definitely a chill jam with track six, Be Cool. It is the perfect chill jam with a steady beat and easy to understand lyrics. It's really similar to Anywhere With You. Maggie is telling us to be cool, to enjoy the little things of life. And if you thought this album can get more 90s, here comes this song. My favorite lyric off of this song is when she says, And know that race car running around your heart will always be a part of you. That anxiety, the negative emotions will always be with you, as well as the happy emotions. And Maggie gives great advice in this song. She says the next time that you have a panic attack, just be cool. Just surround yourself with people that you love and be cool. The synth of this song is really fun, and it's definitely a drive with the windows down kind of song. And if you're listening to this album on vinyl, that is where side A ends, which is weird because when I listened to it on vinyl for the first time, I assumed horses was going to be the end of side A, right? End with something sad, end with like a new truth, but we actually end with be cool. So it's almost like this whole first half of the album is about Maggie's relationship with finding things that she wants and learning how to be cool with that, learning how to be free like in horses. Then we get the second half of the album with one of my favorite songs off the album is track seven, Shatter. This is the dance song of the album. Maggie said, no more, be cool, no more horses. It is time to groove. There's a very common theme of like Maggie saying, I don't care about anything. I just want to be with you. And that's Shatter. Maggie doesn't care if she shatters. She'd do anything to be with you. This song is really like 80s and 90s love child. The bass there is 90s, but then there's like an 80s synth that sounds like straight out of Stranger Things that plays in the background and kind of just teleports you back in time. She's finally saying that she's throwing away her anger just to be with the people that she loves, to, to finally be free. Doesn't matter if she shatters in the process. The beat of this song is amazing. If it came on in a club, I would dance to it. And I love how Maggie screams the entire song and really belts it out. Which is funny because after Maggie's belting and giving all of herself to us, bam, track eight, Begging for Rain, shuts that down. This is the second slow song off of the album. And it also sounds like another Brandy Carlisle song. And you can tell that I love it when Maggie brings out an acoustic guitar because that's what Begging for Rain is too. Compared to Horses though, it has a slow beat, so it's more of a subdued slow song. And the coolest part about this song is that it has a very simple chorus where all of the emotions of the song are just put into these couple of lyrics where Maggie says that she's begging for rain. Like in Horses, she wanted to be free. But now she's feeling these strong negative emotions and is just begging for the rain to come, begging for the good times to come back. This song truly shows that this album is a pandemic album. And Maggie references a lot of things that could be pandemic-y, like begging for rain is definitely the most heartfelt version of that. And it's funny because over here in Austin, Texas, we're in a drought. So you can definitely kind of understand the feeling of just begging for rain and for renewal. The song shows how negative emotions can just build. Maybe in the song before, in Shatter, you don't necessarily care if you shatter in the process. This song shows that when you do shatter, there's consequences to that. So you're just begging for the rain to come and take it away. My favorite lyrics of the song is, I try my best to not be bitter. Give my rage a babysitter. Stop waiting for the adults to come home. Just because I think that's a really beautiful metaphor. 
Like you kind of give your rage a babysitter, but you don't necessarily actually address the rage that's there. And so you come to a point where you just stop waiting for someone to help. You stop waiting for the rain to come. And the ending of this song gives me chills every time because it ends with just kind of like really soft harmonies and some ooze. It's just a really soft song in general with drums that sound like they could be coming from a rain dance, kind of like with gorgeous harmonies throughout. And it's this song is a great example of how Maggie uses her belt to her benefit. And she's very soft-spoken throughout most of the song. But when she hits that chorus and she says she's begging for rain, she's almost screaming it. And that's why it's one of my faves off of the album. So we're sad. But don't worry, because number nine comes in with I've Got a Friend. And this song is just fun. Like, it's not anything groundbreaking. It's literally just fun. And it re- represents the relationship between two women in their 20s perfectly because it's very sweet and very relatable. Basically, the whole song, she's talking about this best friend that she has, how they do everything together, how she pulled her out of the dark times. It's very sweet. And I appreciate the fact that she calls out her best friend, that she masturbates to Rob Pattinson staring at the wall. But then she's also sweet about her friend, saying that she stands for the right things. And I love when songs include things that weren't supposed to be recorded. So throughout this entire song, you kind of hear some background noise of Maggie and her friend talking in the studio. The coolest fun fact of the song is that the person playing piano is John Batiste, and it's actually a very funky piano part as well because it's like this really upbeat acoustic guitar with this jazzy piano, and it kind of gives me the feel that the piano is supposed to represent kind of like the fun, spunky personality of the friend, and Maggie is the guitar, right? And so that's just kind of how they fit together. And right in the beginning, Maggie gives a shout out to Austin. She says our city in a song, guys. So thanks for the shout out. Um, Now come perform here. I also love the giggles at the end of the song. And the fact that Maggie included the voice of the friend that she's talking about in the song really makes it special and fun. Then we get to 10, honey. Honey, 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 honey. I am obsessed with the beat of this song. And there's a lot of themes about significant others that just aren't on the same level as Maggie throughout this album. In this song, and Honey, there's this questioning of where are we now and where are we going to go? And my favorite part is, is where she sings honey, 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 honey. Like she just repeats honey back and forth before the bridge. And it just feels very sweet and almost a little taunting like because it's like because she's kind of admitting that she just can't help this person out anymore. She doesn't have all of the answers. Then after that, we get track 11, which is Symphony. We are going away from 90s to 80s. This feels like a talking head song. It gives kind of like a church's vibe as well. It's the most techno song off of the album. And here, this song is where the production really shines. It's a direct response to Honey because Maggie is singing that it's time to take a breath and listen to the symphony that's in your head to kind of like trust your emotions and to trust the symphony. The best part of this song are like the synth flurries that are going on in the background and how Maggie admits, I'm working with a therapist to take care of it. There's a lot of lyrics throughout this album where Maggie is being very transparent with the audience and this is one of those examples. I will say the kind of the back half of this album is where it's it's weakest. Like after like after begging for rain, it kind of not that the album goes downhill, but I think emotionally Maggie kind of goes downhill 
as in the beginning, she was in overdrive, right? That's where I am. Boom, want, want, boom, pumping it out. And now she's kind of being like emotionally and musically subduing a little bit. Like she's kind of understanding her emotions. And while she let go to the freedom and she's surrendering to the emotions, she also has to surrender to kind of like the reality of the world. And that is clearly shown in the last song off of this album, Different Kind of World. Now, when I first listened to this song, I was like, okay, this is probably going to be my favorite song off the album just because of the layout of it. But then as I kept listening to it, it kept not being my favorite song and it turned into my least favorite. It is a good song though. Like I said, all the songs off this album are good and this is a good ending song, though it sounds like Maggie wrote it to end the album specifically. Like, it wasn't like she wrote it and then was like, oh yeah, we can put this at the end. It was like, I need to write an end song for my album. Let's write this. I was not expecting the 152 mark where the beat just rips open and it goes off. It gives off a subdued I know the end or fine line where we're building and building to this one specific moment of the song. And it really wraps up the pandemic years perfectly. How Maggie says throughout the song, the state of the world is really worrying to her, but she realizes that she's changed herself and the same time that the world has changed and it's just a different kind of world. The lyrics are a little bit of a cliche on this song, but it works. And the end of the song really represents that angst of change. And as the song goes, normally I love a song that's kind of slow in the beginning, and then boom, there's a big ending to it. And I do enjoy that beat drop a lot. And if I see it live, Maggie, if you come tour in America, then I definitely think it would be a really fun one to see live. And that's Surrender. Look at us. 33 minutes in. So it's pretty clear what my favorite songs off the album are, but I'm going to state my top five in no particular order is Horses, Want Want, Begging for Rain, Shatter, and That's Where I Am. Really weird that literally three singles are in my top five off the album, but you know, there's a reason she made them singles in the first place, and it's because they're good. Overall, I'm really impressed with the album. I think musically and lyrically, it's a lot different than her first album and shows growth. And that's the most important part is that it seems like she's not stuck in a sort of indie pop kind of sound, that she's grown from it, and she's able to sing kind of softer sounds while also singing some big sounds. And it's super exciting for her. I hope that the release of Surrender is really successful, and I will be patiently waiting for a tour announcement soon. The amazingly produced beats, lyrics to get you through a tough time, and vocal quality is why Surrender by Maggie Rogers is one of my favorite albums of all time. episode of hannah's song of the week if you want to hear more of my ramblings on some of my favorite songs make sure to come back every friday on most podcast platforms if you want to keep up with the podcast check out my twitter and instagram below and check out the song of the week playlist that i update with each new song covered if you like what you heard today please rate review and subscribe wherever you're listening thanks again to everyone who tuned in i hope you have a good week and listen to some good music and don't forget to treat people with kindness bye